with the song when we when our music stops back there. Music still on. have music up here, Pastor Tim. All right. All right. I just want you to, to just listen to this before I get started, okay?
Father, we just thank you that you are a firm foundation. You've never let us down, and you won't. Father, I thank you that as we just study this word today, we'll be more convinced of your faithfulness and you as our anchor, Lord. And we thank you, God, for your faithfulness. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your promises to us. And, Lord, we just bless this time now. We bless the ears of the hearers, Lord God, that once these words are heard, God, that there would be such a confidence and such an assurance of you as the anchor of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So I entitled this Anchored in Christ. And I looked up the word anchor, and it's, we all know what an anchor is, but it's, the, it's described as a hev- heavy object attached to a rope or a chain used to moor a vessel to the sea bottom. And um, in, in one of the definitions, right after the word moor, it had a ship. Um, it says, typically, one having a metal shank with a ring, ring at one end for the rope and a pair of curved or barred flukes at the other. I've been on several different types of boats. Um, I found um, many years ago that I actually like boats, even though I don't swim that well. I mean, it's probably one of the most relaxing rides you can have. Um, I've been on a canoe uh, many years ago. I went to the Philippines and had a chance to uh, ride in a canoe with um, um, the the Filipino men were in size um, smaller than my friend and I, so they had to work to get us up a stream. And I probably weighed maybe 50, 60 pounds heavier than I then that I am now. Um, but they were diligent. Um, um, I've been on like a motorboat. That's the first, I think that was um, maybe the second time I had been on a boat. And I fell in love with that. Just being on a lake or in a river on a motorboat on a sunny day and just riding, you know, I mean... That's an awesome trip. It really is. And then, actually, I have a friend here. We went on a sailboat. That was an interesting experience because I'd never been on a sailboat before. Um, It was, we were in, um, oh, gosh, where were we? Um, We were almost in South Carolina, near the Georgia line. And... um, if you've ever been on the sailboat, this was a huge boat with three big sails. And in the water, it tilts, and we were on the end. And so when it would tilt, you felt like you were just going to topple over in the water. And all I could think about is, Lord, what would happen if I fell in? Would I survive? I mean, I know enough to get myself up to turn on my back and float, but that was a lot of water. And when they turned the ship around to go back to our our beginning point, it was kind of scary, but it was exciting and exhilarating at the same time. All three of those boats, different sizes, different techniques, it takes an anchor to stabilize them. And 
the lesson today says, just as a boat isn't anchored, if a boat isn't anchored, it'll drift away, even in calm waters. You know, we've seen um, on our shorelines what happens when a hurricane or a tornado comes through, and those boats are docked, and if they're not, they don't have time to get them up, they are, they're hitting against each other, they're hitting against the dock. Some of them get completely destroyed. And the reason they stand is because they're anchored. And that's what happens to us when we're in the Lord. It says here, the same thing can happen to us um, when we're not anchored. That's your first fill-in, in the Lord. Um, if we're not anchored to him, we can drift away. When we place our trust in ourselves and in our ability more than we trust God, we are choosing to build our foundation on shifting sand instead of upon the solid rock. That song we just listened to, it says, I put my trust in Jesus. He's my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. And it says, even though the winds blow, the rain comes, we're not going uh, to be moved. We're anchored in him, just like ships are anchored. They're solid. They don't move when that anchor goes deep down into the ground. And our anchor is to be in Christ. It says here, if our foundations are not built upon Jesus Christ, we can find ourselves broken and drifting away from God in seasons of difficulty. Um, and I think all of us could probably attest to the fact that we've had seasons in our lives, lives or times in our life where we may have drifted away just a little bit. But because God is so faithful, he draws us back to him. He is a sure foundation, the rock on which we stand. <clears throat> we find ourselves, we can find ourselves broken, drifting away from God in seasons of difficulty. When we choose to anchor ourselves to God and his promises, the waves can blow and we stay put. That song says, wind comes, rain comes, wind blows, but our eyes are fixed on you. So no matter what's happening, when the wind blows, the storms, the tornadoes, the hurricanes of life, we have to hold firm to our foundation who is Jesus Christ. This is how we survive the storms in life, choosing to be anchored to the Lord by trusting in his promises and in who he says he is. And this is, this is what it looks like to take refuge in him. This next paragraph, is, I think, is very interesting. It says, the Lord never intended us to live, and the fill-in there is apart from him. Or I think I left out a word there. It says should be from him. The Bible tells us in John 15, 5, that without him, we can do nothing. It also shows us that when we wait patiently on the Lord, we will receive what God has promised us. How many of us have run out of patience? I see a hand go up. You know, I'm guilty of that. And what happens when we run out of patience? We go from depending on him and him being our anchor and our firm foundation 
into our own will. You know, we're looking to ourselves. Um, how often might you hear someone say, um, you know, I don't, I don't know what else to do. You know, uh, I've done all I know to do. And then they might say, um, then I go to God. You know, you, run, you get to the end of yourself, and then you say, I'm going to go to God. But in life, we have to remember that he's the anchor. He's the foundation, the rock on which we stand. And when we get impatient and we don't wait on him, we get a, sometimes we get ahead of him. How many are guilty of that? You, just, you know, I remember one time I was working two jobs because I wasn't really making enough money to make ends meet. You know, you hear that terms like that, making ends meet. <laughs> and it just wasn't, they, they never did meet. The ends never came together. And it was because I was trying to do it in my own strength. When I surrendered and said, you know, God help me, it's amazing how the ends began to meet, and sometimes they exceeded what my expectations were. When I rested in him, and I, and I think that was probably the time that I also learned about giving, tithing, and, and just honoring the Lord with the first fruit of my substance, you know? And I began to notice that um, the balance in the checkbook was always more than it should have been. I don't understand. I can't explain that. But God, I, I have no explanation for that. Um, I remember buying a car because my, my car had died on me. I told this story before, but I, would, I had this car, and I would drive it to the dealerships early in the morning because when it got hot, the car got hot or warmed up, it wouldn't go in reverse. So I would go to the dealerships to try to trade the car in before the motor got hot, thinking, well, you know, of course, they're not going to know. But, of course, I'm sure they knew. And um, so they offered me a car, and I, I got it. And I'm driving home, and I have to start with this new car, and I have to stop to get gas. It's raining. I don't even know where the windshield wipers are on the car. So I had to ask the guy. That, that was a time when you could go to a service station and someone would come out and fill you. That doesn't happen anymore. But they would come out and fill your car for you if you needed gas. I had to ask the gentleman there, you know, where, where, where is the windshield wiper knob? Because I, I couldn't even find it. Um, got home, and I fell apart. I just started crying. Because I said, Lord, you let these people give me this car, and I don't have money to pay for it. And what I did the next day, I lived in an apartment complex at the time. I took my car to a side street. I had baby oil. I anointed every part of that car. And I dedicated that car to the Lord. I mean, that's where my faith was at the time. And I, you know, I said, whoever you want me to pick up, whoever you want to ride, you know, I'll do whatever. This is your car. I got a letter from the bank to say they had made a mistake. So I drove my car for two months without a car note. So it was supposed to be due like, you know, like, I don't know, like within 30 days of driving it from the lot. It was 60 days. 
and every payment was made until that car was completely paid off. All I can say is, but God, <laughs> you know? Um, but it was that decision not to strive, you know, but to give it to the Lord. And he, and he has done that over and over and over. I don't remember if it was the same car, but I'm driving it. And I, my, my um, muffler was bad. Something was wrong. I don't know. You know how a car, well, I don't know if they do it now. But if it got a hole or something in it, it would be real loud. It would make noise. And I thought, Lord, I don't have money to repair this car. And I heard the Lord say to me, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed bagging bread. I took my car to a Midas muffler place, found out not only could they repair it or replace it, but I had a warranty that I didn't know I had. I think I paid $25, drove away with a new muffler. So God, because I trusted in him, I put my faith in Jesus, the rock, the anchor on whom I stand. And he has taken care of things. And he does that. He's done that over and over and over again. But we have to learn how to be patient. Because there have been t other times in my life where when I tried to take it on, it took longer to come to, come to resolution. When I had to come to the end of myself and say, God, I give up. Also, I'm willing to patiently wait on you. And, and I don't know... I don't know about you, but for me, that has happened more in my finances than anything, you know, where I, where I, I wanted to run ahead of God and I wanted to fix it. I've learned not to do that. <laughs> so it, I'm going to read that last line on there again. It shows us that when we wait patiently on the Lord, we will receive what God has promised us. And one of the things that's so important with that is, if we're, not, if we're not moving in the way that we want to move, I recently heard um, a message. Um, I think it was um, Carrie Pickett from um, Karis uh, Bible College. And she said, and she was teaching, her husband were doing a teaching. And they both said, when we're striving and we're struggling, often it's because we're not in the word. We don't know what the word says about our situation. And um, I don't know who said this, but if we don't have the word in our heart, we won't be thinking about who we are in Christ or his promises. How do you know what the promises are if you've never read the book? But when we have a promise to stand on, because I, I remember saying to God, well, God, yeah, I thought he had to audibly tell me something for it to be a promise. I didn't realize that he'd given me a whole book with full of promises. And all I had to do was get it in my heart and believe it and act on it. So the promises are there, but we have to get that promise in our heart and believe it. Many of you know, um, it's been almost two years now, when I sold my house. And it was, it was an awful experience. I mean, I can't say it was pleasant. It was very hard. Uh, emotionally and um, just the the packing and the purging and the cleaning and then when I got closer to the the sell date things started happening like things that needed to be repaired and um, I was worried I was making myself sick 
you know? I mean, and um, I was in my family room one morning, and I was praying and crying out to the Lord. And I finally, I finally got it, you know? I told the Lord everything that I believed he had promised me that, had come, that could come to my mind that was in the word. And he then said to me, um, I'm going to do exceedingly abundantly above everything you ask or think. Now, in the natural, that made no sense because everything was going wrong. It was going just the opposite. You know, I had to replace a water heater. I found out that the, one of my, my, eight, my heat units, it was emitting a gas that could kill me. I'm, I'm still living in the house, you know. That had to be fixed. I had to get every, a sealer for my, um, my crawl space. There were several things that had to be, you know, taken care of before the house could sell. Um, and, I mean, I was a kind of a homeowner. I fixed things as they broke. I wasn't someone who, I didn't, I didn't have the knowledge to, uh, what did, what did it, um, maintenance, you know, like routine maintenance. There were some things that I didn't do because I didn't know to do, as, even as a homeowner, that I didn't even know I should have done. And so they, 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 they piled up. But after that day of, of just praying and crying out to the Lord with my whole heart, you know, he, he woke me up early one morning within that same week, and that's when he said those words to me. I'm going to do exceedingly abundantly above what you ask or think. And I said, okay, Lord. I agreed with him. Thank you. And he did. He did. He was my anchor, my firm foundation. It says here in the scripture, Abraham waited patiently, and he received what God had promised Read that with me. Then Abraham waited patiently, and he received what God had promised. Say, that's mine. It is. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him, I love that, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Isn't that good? That is so good. And that's Hebrews six eighteen and 19. So I want you to read with me this declaration for yourself today. Uh, let's read it together. Father God, I place my hope and confidence in you so I can be anchored to you when storms come my way. I choose today to look to you and to trust in you and the promises you have made to me. You are my refuge. Amen. Bless you. Thank <laughs> you.